Can you talk any yours? Is that better? Yeah. How do you sound? You sound professional? You sound great. Like always. You know it. Ladies and gentlemen, to episode 8 of the Battle of Ontario podcast. I am your host, David Celebre, as always, alongside my co-host, Alicia Scodelaire. And we have a very special episode for you tonight, or today, or whenever you're listening. We have a special guest from TSN's Bar Down, a huge hockey and sports fan. Who has way more knowledge than the two of us combined. Please help me welcome none other than Bard Down's very own Luca Celebre. Thanks, Dave. Too kind. I don't I don't have that much sports knowledge, okay? I learned I learned all I have from you, so Well, that's so kind of you. But uh, <laughs> I think uh, I think you have a little bit more nowadays. But uh, I'm trying to catch up. I'm trying to catch up. I did. Ha- I did have a bit of a leg on you back in the day, but you've kind of reached ahead of me. But um, a little bit. Uh, so w- welcome, Luca. Welcome. Thanks, guys. Thank you for. Thank you both for having me. Excited to be here. We are cousins. There's no secret there. Um, we have. Uh, we go way back. We're we're further back than most cousins. We've been watching hockey together for a while. We've been playing mini sticks. Threw you into the wall a few times. <laughs> sniped on you a few times. You sniped on More me. More than a few. More than a few. So my my dad and your dad, they're close in age. So when you moved to Nobleton, we became very close. We did a lot of hockey and football trips together. Uh, we've gone through a lot of sporting events together, whether it was football in Cleveland, Cincy. We went to Green Bay that one time, which was wild. And mm-hmm. um, I do want to mention, I don't know, do you want to do you want to spill the beans on that Cincy Denver game we went to? No, no. Better, better I know. Let's keep, keep it a that, secret. We're going to keep that to ourselves, okay? <laughs> we'll keep that to ourselves, okay? I thought about real. asking, but you know, we're just going to let it slide. We are both Denver Bronco fans, so we'll, we'll, we'll uh, get that out of the way. We all know how bad they're doing. But this is a hockey podcast, so we'll continue. Uh, I did coach you for about three years. You did. And uh, I was pretty good, no? I was a pretty good coach. That was fun. That was fun. You're yeah, a good coach. It was fun. You should Are get you sure you're a good coach, Steve? I don't think so. <laughs> Maybe he's just being nice. I, I think so. <laughs> you were a good coach. Did you oh, run the thanks, defense? Man. I was. Uh, I, I ran the defense, which was your side. Yeah. I also supported the offense a little bit too. I wanted to, I wanted to be around you. I wanted to, you know, give my knowledge. Maybe that's why you didn't make it anywhere because I was the one giving you the <laughs> the pointers. <laughs> okay, so before we jump into anything, we are going to start with uh, a bit of big news that came. I don't know if it's that big, but basically with um, the Leaf signing Galchenyuk, or not signing, trading for him. I mean, which was ridiculous because you could have claimed them off of waivers the day before. <laughs> That's kind of true. I, I don't know. The, the, Luca, what do you make of all this, man? I don't know. I, I've been talking to some of my Leaf fan friends at work, and I, I think that I don't know if this is more just like them trying to find another option for the top six. Because, like, the bottom, the depth, they have so much of it now. Like, there are so many forwards. And there are exactly. so few spots, but like that mm-hmm. second line, um, it always, it seems like it's been a revolving door. Simmons seemed like he was a good fit, but then he got hurt. So now they're, I mean, Keefe has kind of been going with the 7D and rotating players in on that second line for, for some games and sticking someone on there for others. So I think maybe they're just looking at Galchenyuk, like a guy that got a lot of skill, obviously a first round pick all those years back, but maybe someone that... Yeah. I don't know, could thrive in a, a situation with Nylander and Tavares if they so choose to play him there or someone that could just be a, a good depth piece if they need him down the line. It's it's interesting because a guy like uh, Galchenyuk has had the opportunity. In Montreal, he excelled, and then since then, he hasn't really done anything. So no. 
for me, it's for me. I don't know about you, Lish, but for me, it's a low risk, high reward situation. Yeah, I said the same thing when Ottawa signed him. He was only just above a million dollars, and obviously, he didn't plan out, which sucks. But he gets another opportunity. Was this his third team this I year? I don't know. I, I, can you even count Carolina? Yeah, I do. He got <laughs> traded there. I don't know. Look, what do you what do you make of of um, a guy like a guy like Galchenyuk, who hasn't really found his groove per se, and he's coming into a hockey hotbed like Toronto? Like, do you think there's a backfire on him? Like, is this is this it for him if it doesn't work here? Mm, I don't know. I feel like those players that are like first round picks just find a way to stick on rosters because mm-hmm. someone thinks they can like just extract that talent that everyone thought that player had. Um, mm-hmm. So there's probably a good chance he just ends up on a bunch of other teams. I don't know. I, I like your <laughs> assessment of it. Or be uh, what happened to Yakupov. He's playing in the yeah, KHL, that, right? that's a really good point too. It could go the complete opposite way of just like, yeah, his, his career just dries up and he's got to find a new place to play. I, I think it's a low-risk move, like you said, Dave, but um, it just seems like, yeah, if he can't succeed here – we don't even know if he's going to be given a chance to succeed, but if he can't mm-hmm. stick, then where does he stick? Like he was in Ottawa, and that's a place where you'd think um, a player of his stature, of that kind of draft pick, draft status, and being a guy that has to prove a lot, you'd think like that'd be the perfect situation, but that wasn't. So like, where do you go from here? It's really it's unknown. Like you you don't really know what can happen with it. But I don't want to get too into it right now. Um, because we do have a lot to get into. These Battle of Ontario episodes are very special because they are coming from our from our most recent segment of the Battle of Ontario in real life between the Toronto Maple Leafs and Ottawa Senators. We decided to record a day later because we wanted to have something to talk about when we actually recorded. We are recording this on a Tuesday night, one night after the Leafs played the Senators, and boy, do we have a lot to get to. I I don't even know where to start. I mean, I guess I'll start with the Leafs. During this little stretch before they played Ottawa, they've been playing somewhat a boring game of hockey. I think it's a good thing for the Leafs because they need to play better defense. They know they have the offense. They need to lock it down on defense. And they showed it with the first game against Montreal last Wednesday night. And then they had it really on Saturday night and a few minutes of uh, falling asleep to let Montreal back in the game, and obviously they won. Until this Ottawa game, the Leafs were in a good spot. Then this Ottawa game happened. It sucks the way it happened. I'm not jumping for the fences just yet, but it does kind of suck that it turned out the way it did. I loved every minute of it. Like... Are you kidding me? Down by four goals and we come back to win 6-5 in OT? It doesn't get any better than that. And Daddy's coming out of nowhere, scoring goals, finally picking up his game, which is great to see. And you guys were caught asleep again in the third period. Typical, typical Leaf fashion. Okay, hold on. Luca, what do you make of all this? What do you make of Toronto dropping the ball here? Is it same, same team, different year? Or is this a once opportunity that this happens this year? Once occurrence that this happens this year? What do you think? Yeah, I think it's more like <laughs> I'm. I love hating on the Leafs, and it was nice to see them blow that lead, um, <laughs> just for all the conversations after. Because Leaf fans are so insecure that it's like it's all over again. It's just like flashbacks of Boston and flashbacks oh. of all of these things. And I was there with you watching that game, and I usually I like know. to talk trash. Um, and that game, I remember I didn't say a, a word. I felt so bad. Um, but anyway, I, I think that <laughs> there's not much to make of it. Like, eh, this happens. If anything, it's a good thing it happened now. Like, they, they probably, going into that game, they were just like, yeah, screw it. It's Ottawa. Like, th- there's no way they're not thinking that. They're exactly. looking at the Senators. They're looking mm-hmm. at this team that they've beaten and all these other teams have beat up on. And, like, we could beat these guys with our eyes closed. And then you go up 5-1, and it's even worse. And it's like, okay. Like, we're going to fall asleep a little. So I think it just tends to happen. And it may happen a few more times because that North Division is a little weaker than um, they probably would like. And pro- Leafs fans probably don't like the fact that it's a lot weaker. And I like I like you make that point of, you know, them falling asleep because they're taking a team like the Ottawa Senators lightly. 
you the Ottawa Senators are where they are because of the team they are. And I know Lish doesn't like me saying this. I don't. But at the end of the day, they are where they are because they're not ready yet to be a playoff contending team. They're still building. The Leafs see it on the schedule. And, you know, even if we're down by a goal, we'll have an opportunity to get back. But being up as many goals as they are, they really sat back. And then you have Ottawa's young, thirsty, no-pressure team like they have come through in the clutch when they had to most. If you were the Toronto coach, okay, the score is now 5-4. Why not take a timeout? With two minutes left. We took the timeout. Why didn't you guys take any timeout? For me, I think it's... Sheldon Keith isn't a guy that does that a lot. I think he, he likes his players to take ownership and responsibility for what's going on. They should know. Like, it's time to play, boys. I shouldn't have to call a timeout and calm you guys down. We're too good of a team. We're too experienced of a team at this point to go through that. I'll disagree with you. Whether you're a good team or not, call the bloody timeout. What's it's not going to hurt you. It's going to benefit you. Luca, would you call a timeout in that situation? You know what? It's an interesting point. I didn't think about it until now. Um, and I know Dave, you mentioned I, I don't watch as many Leaf games as you, but as um, many or any. <laughs> no, I've watched a few more. My girlfriend's a Leafs fan, so I, okay, I watch okay. I watch a few more Leafs games and the Avs play later on at night, so it's it's a nice balance. You watch one, watch right. the other, and, and you go to sleep. But no, I it's it's an interesting point. And you know what? Maybe you do there. Maybe you do, just to calm everyone down and just um it it's also weird because there's no energy in the building. So like the deflating feeling is all on that side. And like I know when I mean, if there were fans there, it would have felt very deflating, and maybe that would have urged Keith to be like, okay, maybe we need to regroup here. Maybe I call a timeout. But maybe he didn't feel bad in that moment and was just like, okay, like, they should know. I, you know what? I wouldn't want to be a coach because <laughs> those, <laughs> yeah, those are the decisions that kind of get looked back on and people ask and, and second guess. But there's no harm in calling a timeout there. I, I agree. Um, it, it, it's It's – you're kind of proving Lish right here. I love it. Which is which is something that I have difficulty doing. <laughs> because as much as she thinks she's right, sometimes she's wrong. Nobody's perfect. I'm wrong too. So I like to put her in her place but sometimes. But uh, I guess this case, you're putting me in. I think I won this one. I think you won this one with that. Settle down. But, <laughs> but in, 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 real, in reality, the whole, the, whole, the whole game itself... Looked like it was getting away from Ottawa. Looked like another game, another loss for the Senators. The Leafs did have their bit of uh, lapse during the game. I know John Tavares, and and I want to talk about John Tavares quickly. Uh, A lot of people are starting to get on him now. He's not producing as much as he should or at the beginning of the year. Um, A lot of people think because he's getting paid $11 why isn't he performing now i have my opinions i want to know luca do you think that john Tavares and and do you think he's underperforming what does he need to do to get back into it or do you think this is just routine out of the season put him and nylander in the same category because they're both on the same line no don't put them in the why not how dare you they're both because trash. Nylander They're not doing shit. Trash. No, no, do not. Don't listen to her, Luca. Don't put them in the same category. Don't do it. Answer well, only Tavares first. Whatever. It's funny because it's hard not to talk about both of them because they play on that <sighs> line. I love it. Um, I love Luca on this. <laughs> I here's the thing. I am like I didn't. I just looked up his stats right now. He's got like yeah. he's got 15 points in 16 games, and I'm sure Nylander is pretty close behind. But when you watch the Leafs, and this is what I've noticed from just watching this team in the games that I have, that first line is really dynamic with Marner and Matthews and put whoever you want with them. They just seem to feed off of each other. It's that youthful energy. Marner does things with the puck I've never seen before, and he's so creative Mm -hmm. and so fun to watch. And Mm -hmm. then you get to that second line, and I don't know what it is. Maybe they're really relying on that third person on that line to step up, and it's unfortunate that Wayne Simmons kind of got hurt when he did because it seemed like that game they really found something and it was working and things were clicking but 
too many times I watch Nylander and I feel like he's invisible. And I know the analytics love Nylander and that he's a very highly regarded player as an analytical player. Mm. And when I watch him, like that may be true, and I'm not discounting any analytics because I think it's it's a very important part of our game, but just watching him and JT play together, you expect more from them. There's no chemistry, maybe that's, is there? It doesn't seem like it, and maybe that's because we have such high expectations of Matthews and Marner, and they are meeting those expectations, if not exceeding them. And so you look at Tavares and Nylander, and you're like, okay, you're not getting the team's best defenseman every night. You're getting the same opportunities, Very maybe true. put in better yeah. positions. And, yeah, your production is, like, numbers-wise, it's still good. But when you watch them, something just doesn't look off. They're not creating as many opportunities as I would expect them to create. So what was the difference with Simmons coming in there? What Because I agree with you, having Simmons there felt like that line was complete. And unfortunately, he got hurt. But having him in there, I don't, I don't, like, what, do you, what do you think he brought to that line that allowed Nylander and Tavares to play to their potential that we know that they could play to? Maybe it was more like just you knew he was going to be the big body in front. Like, a guy like Mikheyev, he's a very fast skater. I don't think he's meant to do that. Um, Hyman gets into the gritty areas for sure, but I feel like he's been um, playing on that first line ever since Thornton was out. So um, maybe it was just like that big body being just like, okay, go in front of the net, Nylander and JT, you do what you do, cycle the puck, get after pucks, win battles, get it to the point. And then you have a guy like Wayne Simmons who's really good in front of the net at at tipping pucks, at being a presence, um, jumping on rebounds afterwards, being physical in that area. So maybe it's just as simple as that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really not sure. I'm, I'm not – I just – like you expect so much more of them. And it's it's weird that to say that like a 15 and a 12-point guy right now in 16-some-odd games, it's just like you're expecting more still, but it, based on their contracts, based on what we know of, of how they've played, like, yeah, they, they need to, to step up a little bit, I think. It's frustrating because, you know, he's our captain, and, and he needs to deliver. Me personally, I think, you know, you think that they're professional, but I don't think he wants to play with Neil. I don't think he feels it. He was happy playing with Marner, and he was able to do the things that he was able to do, and he was able to produce because he had a guy like Marner dipsy doodling giving him the puck and making all these good plays he doesn't have that anymore i don't know if that's exposing Tavares, or if it's just him not having a, a a line set in stone like the first line has for him to build that chemistry with because let's be honest it's difficult to build chemistry with a guy like nylander because you almost look at him as like a phil kessel where he's one dimensional he only does one thing and that is either well, he scores, he tries to score goals. He's he's a playmaker of sorts, but he's a goal scorer too. So like Phil Kessel was, you, we expected too much of Phil Kessel. When he was here, he did everything he had to do. And unfortunately for him, he was in a situation where he had no support. Nylander has that support and he doesn't deliver and that's why people get on him. So with him being on that line, he's not the Marner type that can support Tavares in that aspect. You need to have all three in one complete solid line that doesn't get broken up in order for these guys to deliver. He needs to start creating more opportunities on five on five. Whether you're playing with Marner or Nylander, regardless, you're getting paid to perform and they're not doing that. Okay, he's performing on the power play. You guys have an amazing power play unit, but you need to start scoring on five on five and that's where he's lacking. But do you think that, and Luke, I'm going to ask you this too, do you think that the fact that he's only been playing with one player really the whole year and hasn't had the opportunity to build this chemistry, like is that affecting the game too? I think it might. The the even strength point is really is a really strong one because I'm just looking at their even strength numbers now. Like Nylander is is seven even strength points 
um, in 16 games, seven of his 12, and JT has eight, and it's just Ugh. like eight of his 16. And so guys like Mason Appleton have the same number of even strength points as John Tavares. <gasps> Matthew Mason Appleton, I know. Matthew Joseph, who plays 10 minutes for the Lightning, has seven even strength points this season, the same as Nylander. So I get the analytics of it, but at some point there has to be production. And so, Absolutely. yeah, like if the analytics are saying they're creating chances and they're good in their own zone, that's fine, but... As a second line, as talented as they are, that even strength number has to come up. It, it has to because the power play numbers are going to come down to earth eventually because their power play has just been so good, there's going to be regression. They, yeah, like, it's they, just and they, they've, it has been uh, not very good the past couple of days or the past couple of games. So to your point right there, it's already coming back down. But you look at a guy like Matthews and he's – he's near the top of the league as far as even strength points go. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, so maybe maybe the consistency of like keeping a line together is is doing it. But then you look at that top line, and it's like Thornton was hurt early on. They've cycled guys into that top line too. And so mm-hmm. I, I don't know what, what the excuse is necessarily, but maybe they just need to – you can't split – Marner and, and Matthews up though, so it, it's it's a good problem to have, I think. But I, I think when you face better teams, and this is what we talked about a lot in the playoffs of like the Nylanders and the the JTs and Marners and Matthews not producing as to what they can. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. a weird series. Like Columbus's goaltending played incredible last year, but I think it goes yeah. back to other playoff series they've been in. Um, I think that's when those even strength numbers you'll notice more, and you'll notice them be a little more invisible when you play those better teams that have four, five really good defensemen, and it's like, okay, you're not facing, like, the Senators anymore. You're not facing the Canucks anymore. You're not facing the Oilers anymore that all average Mm -hmm. so many goals against per game. You're facing the Lightning and the Bruins and the the Canadians and the Jets, for that matter. Like, there are good teams coming, and so Mm -hmm. this is a problem. It's a good problem to have, but it's a problem. And and that brings me back. We're going to get to Ottawa eventually. Um, I know Lish is about to so. jump out of her seat. I'm excited. Because <laughs> she's so excited for it. I just want one message. And, and Luca, I want to tell, I want to see if you can jump on board with this message I'm about to deliver. Because we talk about Leaf fans and you talk about them being insecure. I've talked about on this podcast. We've talked about it on this podcast many, man, times. many times before about real fans versus fake fans. And when I talk about fake fans... I'm talking about the casual fan who really doesn't pay attention to the detail in the team and the lineup that they bring up and, you know, the, the, the different combinations they do or the strategies they have, what have you. They look at the result and that's what they base it on. And if they see that Leafs lose a game, they throw them to the Wolves. If they see that they win a game, they praise them like they're the best team ever. Or your bandwagon, your bandwagon fans, basically is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So I just, I, I, after viewing... A lot of Twitter action last night. This is what I want to say. And Luke, I want, I, I, when I'm done this, I want you to give me your opinion on this message here that I have for Leaf. Fans, <laughs> okay. okay. We all know that this is a Leaf move. We've all seen this before. Those events happen when the Leafs were in situations where they did not have the team that they have this year. They have a more complete team this year. Based on what we've seen this season, there is zero reason to panic or crap all over this team right now. We have fans. We have every right to be upset about what happened. But until it happens on a regular basis, we need to stop being so dramatic and aggressively searching for ways to fix this team. As of right now, the team needs very, very little fixing. And I say that because no NHL team is perfect. Tampa Bay has its minor issues. Boston has its minor issues. Vegas has its minor issues. You can go down the list. Okay, I can even talk about Colorado here, but I'm not going to because you might get upset, Luke. So we're just going to leave that. <laughs> no, you can. Um, they're they're right up there. <laughs> so we're a we're we're a steady, complete team. The Leafs that are missing a few key pieces, some due to injury, some obviously we're just looking for maybe that final piece. For example, the third or even the second line. This team did not win 11 games accidentally. They lost this game due to not taking their opponent seriously, and. That's not something you don't learn from. Okay, so I, I believe these the boys are going to bounce back like they've known to, like they're NHL pros that they are. This is a little different from the Montreal game because the Leafs were outshot versus Montreal. Montreal is a far better team. 
So Leafs giving up that one goal league, it's not that shocking that, you know, Montreal was able to come back. Yes, this is more shocking because Ottawa's in the position that they are. But at the same time, you can't take, they're still an NHL team. You can't take them lightly. Ottawa is playing with very little pressure this year. Not as much expectation, obviously, which allows them to play that run and gun attack game. And they were determined to win as soon as they got that goal right, be- right before the end of the second period to get them back in that game. So all I want to say, Leaf fans, just relax. Like Aaron Rodgers says when, when Green Bay had those issues. <laughs> relax, guys. Usa. It's okay. I mean, it was ugly. And was I pissed? Ugly. Brutal. It was brutal. I hated it, of course. But in my oh, this team sucks. Oh my God, we're not gonna make, we're not gonna make the final. We're gonna, we're not gonna make the play. No, just well, not relax. if you do that every game. Well, there's my point. Start getting upset when it's more consistent. Does that, does that really? Did I hit it on the head a little bit there, Luke? What do you think? Yeah, it hits it right on the head. It's, it's, oh, it's, it's just annoying when like. Your team is in almost lead the league in points right now. I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah. That you you're first in the NHL in points. You have Matthews who's leading the league in goals. Your fourth line is playing well. Your third line's playing well. Outside of last night, I feel like Freddie has been very consistent, and mm-hmm. the defense it looks it looks. I mean, aside from from Zach Zach attack back there that needs to. Probably watch a few <laughs> yeah, I love games from the press man. box. I think he needs to watch a few more games from the press box. There are, right. There's no perfect team, and you, you made a great point of saying that. Perfect teams don't win the Stanley Cup because there's no perfect team. Every team has issues. The good teams find ways to mask those issues and um, win in spite of them, and that's what a good team is. And so for Leafs fans thinking it's the same old Leafs team and this is going to happen in the playoffs and they're going to lose in the first round because they lost to Ottawa 6-5 in a in a game in February like it's yeah. it's dumb to think and, and like it just makes me it makes me laugh because there are actually fans that that will look at that result last night and think the sky is falling what's wrong with this team this is same exactly. old Leafs and it's like what do you have to complain about right now if anything this is a good thing it's happening now it's not happening in the playoffs like let it happen now Beautiful. Let them learn from it. Let them move on. Perfectly said. Like it, it's going to happen to every team probably this season once where you're going to blow a three-goal lead at some point. Or like, yeah, maybe it's not going to be as bad as this one for every other team, but yeah, it, it happens. It's hockey. It was yeah. bad. It was horrible. Yeah. It was horrible. Yeah. But it, it also doesn't happen without some, some bounces here and there and some some things going on. So just relax. Yeah, relax. Love Your team it. is good, okay? Allow yourself to be hopeful. Love it. See? So that's the kind of positivity we need. And that's coming from a, a guy that hates the Leafs. This guy's an abs Makes fan. Makes me sick. Makes me <laughs> sick. So, thank you, Luca. Thank you for, for confirming my words of encouragement for no problem, our dude. Leafs no problem. nation. Um, we're going to shift gears now. It's about time. And I know <laughs> Lish has been dying. And I know our Sens fans. I didn't forget about you. I, I Well-deserved. You guys Thank did you, what Dave. you had to do. Okay, I gotta throw it to Lish because I'm gonna talk. I'm talking too much. I'm gonna Lish. be honest with you guys. When the Leafs were up five one, I was ready for bed. I was like, "Here we go. I'm gonna <laughs> have to hear Dave and then Luca's input." I'm like, "I just don't want to hear it. I didn't even want to come tonight, but I'm here." <laughs> and once Nick Paul scored that beauty goal, it was just a rebound. I said, "This is the turning point." Really? Sens are going to turn it around. They're going to have wow. that discussion in the locker room, and they're going to come back and win it. I think one of their main problems from last night was obviously getting penalties. They couldn't stay out of the penalty box, and that's what was causing the Leafs to capitalize because they're so good on the power play. Once Mr. Zub getting his Zub. first NHL goal scored, I said, they're coming full force. They don't care that they're the worst team in the league. They're going to come back and win this game. Connor Brown scores, ex-Leaf player. Beauty goal on I the power Connor. play. Do you, Dave? I miss Connor. He was great. He's finally yeah. burying them. Well, that was the one thing. He didn't bury goals, but he didn't obviously he didn't get his opportunities that much with the Leafs either because they were so offensively yeah. heavy already. But... Moving on from the Leafs, we're not talking about them. Yeah, so <laughs> that's a good point. And then 
daddy, dad enough. Whoa. Talk about the last couple of games. He has been amazing. He's finally getting into that role. He had a very slow start with the Sens, but now he's starting to pick it up, which is great to see. And then we come back and win it at OT and Dandenoff again. Like, you got to love this guy. Uh, Luke, what did you think of Dandenoff? Well, what do you think of Dandenoff in general? I mean, he had a great uh, start. Or sorry, he had a he had a great start with I guess, with Florida. And obviously, he didn't really gel in there. And last season was a bit of a mediocre season for him. Do you think this is a player that can remain in the league for a bit? Can he be a, 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 a journeyman for the Senators down the road as they rebuild? What do you think? Yeah, he's he's a little – he's strange just how his career has gone, like starting with Florida, then going back to the KHL, then coming back to Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like, three straight 20-plus goal seasons, almost hit 30 a couple of times. Like, yeah. I mean, his age is the only thing. Like, you'll look at him and you'll be like, yeah, I haven't seen this guy play a lot, but he's 31 because of those few years it's in crazy. the KHL. So, yeah, yeah it, it is crazy. I think I yeah. think that's – it's nice for a Senators team like this, though, that a, a guy that's, like, in his 30s, but maybe a more veteran guy that is clearly very skilled. Like, I, I think he's got the goal-scoring ability um, to be a dependable goal scorer. I don't know if he'll ever be, like, a, a top, top goal scorer, but who knows? Maybe maybe some of these Sens players develop like we think they will and, and become the playmakers and, and players we hope and, and you certainly hope for. Um, and... and maybe that's all he needs. He, he played with some pretty talented players in Florida with, with Huberto and Barkov and maybe Ottawa's got that coming up with Kachuk and Stutzel and um, Batherson. I really like Batherson too. Like, yeah, man, he finally got I, on I the board. Yeah, After he was supposed nice to be going to get benched because DJ Smith thought that was the best option. That's another story. We'll keep that for another mm. time, but <laughs> you know, honestly this was a great win for the Sens this was a confident booster for sure and just to make them finally click in and gel together even though they were down 5-1 5-1 Dave not 3-1 5-1 yeah I was watching it thanks <laughs> they came back and they stole the show and you know what it's a big W for the Sens and I love it I loved seeing all Leaf fans <laughs> cringe and my brother in awe watching the game. It was the best. Laughter in his face. <laughs> sure, because <laughs> everyone wants the Leafs to lose because everyone wants to be us. That's why. Oh, <laughs> uh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but uh, Luke, I want to stay with Ottawa, and I, I want it's always good. You know, we're we're based we're based in Ontario. You know, which is why we yep. we like to focus on both teams. Obviously, Toronto is always dominating the headlines and we did allude to this a few episodes ago um but it's always interesting to get a non-leaf fans perspective on an ottawa senators team such as this especially where they're up and coming i mean with their young core they they have guys like norris and they have batherson and they have obviously they have shabbat and they have Osley Stutzla. Uh, and and do you do you see this team getting better in a year or two, or is this more like a three or four year thing? That's a great question. I, I you would hope that it's like a a year or two, um, and and not as much of a slow burn kind of thing. And I mm. think that really all depends on um, players taking those next steps, whether it's um Stutzla or Batherson or Josh Norris um Brady Kachuk look they're all young which is great and and that's the thing that definitely excites you as a Senators fan is like Shabbat Norris Kachuk Nick Paul is playing really well Drake Batherson um Colin White's still pretty young I think it's now I guess about finding those depth players to mix in around them and really complete the lineup um, because you look at it and it's like who who else excites you on this roster outside of the youth like Austin Watson might be a decent bottom six guy Chris Tierney I, I like as a bottom six guy but I, I think the defense is defense and goaltending is where you kind of win and lose games with this team and um Zaitsev is not going to get the job done. Mike Riley is, I know how much Brutal. you hate Mike Riley. He <laughs> had a nice giveaway to Austin Matthews on, on 
last night. I think it was it was a really nice giveaway, and yeah. he's not going to get the job done. Um, you hope that they've drafted well and, and these guys develop and that it doesn't take as long as three or four years, but if they don't, whether it be free agency or trades, I think they need to explore other options to speed up the process um, because Pierre Dorian's been there a long time and DJ Smith, I, I don't know how much longer his leash can be. I know um, a lot of people might look at him and be like, what are you doing? So um, Pierre Dorian has made a lot of different moves. He's drafted pretty well for the most part, but I think if this becomes a three or four year plan, it's, it's hard to just trust those guys based on how much of a fall they've had. Yeah, for sure. Like I, I did not like when Pierre Dorian brought in uh, DJ Smith, you can't bring in an inexperienced coach to coach this young group core. It just, it's not going to work. And it's clearly showing right now. Yes, we won a couple of games. Only four, I might add. But I just think his strategy is just not working. Especially in the beginning of the season where he was just playing all the vets and giving all the minutes to the vets. And I'm like, what are you doing? Now, when I watch the three-on-three in OOT, he's playing Stutzla. He's playing Norris. He's playing Shabbat. Stop defending and attack. That is my main point. you got to attack. If you're not going to attack, you're not going to score. And that's what won you the game exactly. last night was you're playing the young guys. And as a young team, like we've been saying, play the young guys. Stop playing the veterans. You played Stepan and Anisimov so much. And- they were playing the first power play unit. It made me sick to my stomach. Like, what are you doing, DJ? <laughs> but you know what? And also a big problem in Ottawa right now is our defensive end. Our defense is not great. And our goaltending is brutal right now. I know Holberg yeah. made a couple great saves last night, but letting in five goals, I know some of them wasn't his fault, but it's he's not NHL ready. And I think they have to start kicking in a trade for that or looking for different options we have in Decord or Augustus Finn playing in Belleville. Yeah, so I mean, with with, uh, with yeah. your, you're right with those Sens guys that, are not getting it done. And like to Luca's point, uh, DJ Smith's on a short leash. Dorian has made a lot of good moves, but now it's time to take that extra step. Take that bigger step. Speed up the process a little bit because if you let it drag on, these young guys, they only get older. So what that's going to do is going to drive some players out of town if you're consistently losing. Look at Brady Kachuk. He's been here for a few years. If you're not giving him, which you are right now, you're giving him a hope and you're giving them sign of things to come that could be good for this team but more has to be provided to this team yeah and if it's not in the next two to three years man it's it's gonna be hard for him to want to stay in ottawa listen i don't want to be in a rebuild for 10 years like the leafs was okay i know it's paying off now we've been in like two 10-year rebuilds (laughs) we're in a 50-year rebuild right now But we need to see Ottawa improve, especially with the young talent coming up. Make the kids play, period. Luca, who would you rather see succeed, Ottawa or Toronto? Ottawa, that's easy. Ah, see, (laughs) this guy's the best. That's easy. I don't want. I don't want anything to do with Toronto's success. Okay. I I would love to see them burn and and this. The fan base just freak out. It's my favorite thing, Dave. I get I get so <laughs> I much know. joy out of it. They were freaking out last <laughs> night like crazy. It was the best thing ever. But one more point. So I just want to Yeah, and I just want to say, you know, Leaf fans are always going to freak out. Okay. Even even if it comes oh, yeah. to that point where we do actually win a Stanley Cup, we will always still freak out because it's it's that we've we've had that trauma. <laughs> We've had that experience of going through such hardships and such devastating losses and such hope that has just come crashing down over the years. So don't get me wrong. I give all the all the permission in the world and and understanding for when the Leafs do things like this to get pissed, to get upset, to get down on them. But a team like this, you just got to move on and a lesson to my fellow friends who are sense fans <laughs> looking for my words there be patient like i've said yeah you've seen a sign of things to come for this ottawa team 
They're a fast team. They're a young team. They have skill. I'm a huge Stutzler guy. I've said that before. I want to see that yeah. guy be a top five player in the league. He's obviously really young, and he won't get there for a couple of years, but he has a skill set that he can, I think. But at the end of the day, you got to take what you have right now with this team. Be happy with what you got. That's why I'm not totally crapping all over you guys for enjoying this win because we've been there before. Yes, and that's fair. As, as, as upset I am as a win... Good for you guys. You guys pull out the win. Wow, Dave. But wait till Wednesday night. Where the boys come back. Biggest comeback in Sense history. I don't the care. Boys come I back love it. And they throw it right back in your face. Dose of reality. Let's go, boys. Let's bring yeah, it back. Yeah, yeah. The boys will come back and blow it in the third period again. They... Don't worry. <laughs> Typical. If the Leafs uh, blow something in these next couple of games, then we're going to have a lot more to talk about, a lot more angry fans. I think we've tackled all we needed to with that. I mean, I don't want to give Lish too much to talk about <laughs> and too big of a head while she's talking about all this stuff. But um, we're nearing the end of uh, this episode. But before we go, uh, Luca, do you have time for a few questions on yourself? Of course I do. For, for you guys anyway. Oh, so awesome. Nice. Thank you. So... Um, Lish has the first question. She's gonna ask you a question. You ask, you answer as as best you want, as honest as you want. Sounds good. Whatever you want. Okay, Lish. Luca, you ready? Yeah. How did you grow up an Avalanche fan? Uh, I gotta give uh, my cousin David over there some <laughs> some credit. I remember remember watching watching an Avs game with him and um, just being enamored by Joe Sackett because he was just oh, incredible, yeah. and I was like. I was like, who's that guy? And Dave was like, that's Joe Sackick. And I was like, that's my favorite my f- player right there. Yeah, my favorite player at the time, yeah. So I know, and I know Dave, like, I think his, I mean, you've always said it, your second favorite team is the Avalanche if you had to pick a number two. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's how I just kind of fell in love with them. They were really good, um, which which also helped. It was nice to see to see a team winning. I mean, they've, they haven't won a cup since I became a fan because I guess I was like, only five or six when they won their last cup. Is that the Ray? Really... Is that the Ray Bork cup? Yeah, that would have been Ray Bork, and I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't like you were a young hockey... when they won their when first. Won. So young. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, all the credit to Dave for uh, for helping me become <laughs> an Avalanche fan and finding my team. It was Sackick, and hey, I was like, I got to cheer for him and his team. <laughs> hey man, you're welcome, bro. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I was yeah I was yeah, I was a huge Sackick fan. Best. To me, my favorite player ever. So um, you're welcome, Luca. Uh, next question. <laughs> I think a lot of people want to know. Uh, you're pretty active on Bar Down. Uh, you're you're a pretty well known face in that in that department. Um, I think a lot of people want to know what made you get into sports broadcasting. Um, I think just when I was in school, I like didn't really gravitate towards anything. Um, <laughs> I like really like sports us. and exactly. Well, I really like sports and I really liked writing. And so I wanted to go to Carleton initially for journalism. And, um, then eventually, like when I was done that, hopefully like specialize in sports journalism. And I took a year off. Uh, I went back for my victory lap and Dave, your dad, my Zio Carlo, um, <laughs> a lot of credit to you and, and your family for helping me get to where I am for sure. Yeah. Because without him, I wouldn't have known about a little uh, a little school in Toronto called the College of Sports Media, but a, a professor from there went into your your dad's store, and I remember he called me and he's like, "Hey, have you checked this place out? Like, I know you're looking for a place to go. This sounds like it'd be perfect for you." And um, lo and behold, I checked it out, and got in, and the rest is kind of history. So I think just my love of sports and and really um, not. <laughs> Not being passionate about anything else like I am. Sports wanted to wanted me to get into this this industry, and that's how it kind of all unfolded. We as fans, we you know we were passionate about sports and everything. But um, just a little tidbit for me, I've I've seen from you the inside of the workings of what it takes to be successful in in sports. It takes a lot of work to make sense of it to understand the different perspectives of both sides in terms of just being more than a fan and being an educated sports journalist like yourself or sports broadcaster like yourself. So 
even though you say that we helped you, you know, kind of get in there and get into your into your uh, career that you're into right now, you've kind of brought it right back and helped motivate me to start this little thing that we got going. Nah. So, so payback received. You give yes. a little, you get a little, a little lesson in there. Okay, enough about Absolutely. you, Dave. My God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Luca. Here's another one. If you had to choose, who's your second favorite NHL team? It's growing up. I think I would have said the Sabers because wow. I really liked their jerseys and I liked Daniel Briere. He was a small, undersized forward, really skilled. And um, me, I've never been taller than five six. And when I was younger, I was like four foot nothing. I was the <laughs> tiniest player on the ice all all the time. So I really gravitated towards watching those players that were smaller and undersized, but still. Um, really good players, and so that Sabres team, I'll, I'll never forget when Ottawa knocked them, or no, when they knocked Ottawa out. I remember Jason Pominville scored an OT winner against them at some point, um, mm-hmm. and I, I'll never forget that game, but Ottawa did knock them out en route to going to the Stanley Cup final, yeah. mm-hmm. and I was really upset because I wanted <laughs> Buffalo to get there because I liked Briere, I liked Ryan Miller, I liked Maxime Finneganoff, Brian Campbell, They Chris had a Curry. solid team. Yeah, it's it's one of those teams that'll go down as like a really, really, really good team that just and they haven't made the playoffs since those years, which um, very very sad for Sabres fans. Um, so, but yeah. but yeah. Uh, before we go, I have one more thing I want to ask, and this is geared towards Ottawa and the Ottawa Senators. Do you think, with the North being as wide open near the bottom as it is, Luca? Do you yep. think the Sens have an actual chance to contend for a playoff spot this year? Ooh, that's a great question. First first of all, I'll, I'll go back to your last question too because I didn't fully answer it. Um, if I have to pick a team that I'm like second favorite right now, I'll say it's between Philly or um, let's say Philly or Carolina. I like a lot of their young players and they're really nice. fun to watch. Good as far as Ottawa goes um, – Oh, God. Who do they have to catch? They have to catch... They got to catch, like, we're looking at Edmonton and Calgary. I think because the season is... Yeah, and Vancouver. I mean, I think because the season is so short and they really don't have any games in hand, they've already played 17 games. That's tied with Edmonton for the second most in the division. Um, And you only have about, what, 40 games left, Mm. I guess? To get mm-hmm. there, give or take, <sighs> give or take, and like you have to face the Leafs a lot, and the the Canadians and the Jets, and mm-hmm. these these top teams a lot. Um, I want to be hopeful, but I just think their goaltending and their defense is gonna let them down in games that they may win. Like there may be some some firework games where they lose like five or six three, and. Um, if you have some more solid goaltending and, and a better defensive unit, those might be 4-3 games that they lose or maybe in overtime or 3-2 games that they can manage to pull out. Um, I just don't see it, but I'm hoping they're on a two-game win streak. I'm hoping that this at least gives them some confidence moving forward of like, you know what, we can we can make a little bit of noise. Maybe not a lot, but like, it's not going to be as bad as people think. And I hope that this gives them the confidence to maybe go on a run here, win, win a few more games than people expect. But, I mean, the worst thing is in the, it, it's not a bad thing to finish, like, in the top three bottom teams in the league and just get a, a good pick. That's not, the, that's not the worst thing in the world if you're a Sens fan. I like that answer, and I couldn't agree with you more because obviously <laughs> their big issue right now is a defensive end. And I don't see us... Right now, making the playoffs, it's just out of the question. It sucks. It yeah. sucks. Especially, like, the Senator, or last season, how it went. Like, them not being able to finish out the season and then having to watch the entire playoffs without the Sens. Them waiting so long for this season to start. And now it's going to be a shortened season and they're not going to make the playoffs. And then who knows when the next season's going to start because we have no idea what's going on in the world. But, um yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's their year, unfortunately. But hopefully, they get the first overall pick this time. I'm um, hoping with the pick... draft lottery possibly changing. And stop laughing, Dave. It's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> they got a lot of good young prospects. I will give them that. There's a lot to be excited about. So the season might not go the way you expect, but 
um, at least just have fun watching these younger players develop. And there's a lot of players in college that are really good that they have um, that they've drafted, like yeah, North Jake Dakota. Sanderson yeah. and uh, Shane Pinto, Jacob Bernard Docker, who's played at the World Juniors, Alex Formanton, who played at the World Juniors a little while back, who's in Belleville. Like they, they have they have some good young pieces. And hopefully they develop, and that's all you can ask for this season. I think. Perfectly said. <laughs> yeah, they maybe, have. Maybe, yeah, they have like three yeah. players from North Dakota. It's crazy. Yeah. It's and it's 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 nuts because they're they're building like you should, like a team should. Yeah. And you're There's almost, nothing wrong almost, with what they're doing. No, nothing at all. And and I mean, it's that like you said, it's that urge because they haven't played for so long, and then they pull out wins like this, and you say, oh, maybe they can do something here. But, I mean, the reality points to them just missing out because of the pieces like goaltending and defense and, and stuff like that. We'll but get there. We'll, you'll get there eventually. Um, Luca, thank you so much for taking time out of your crazy bar-down schedule. Um, we're very grateful to have you on. I know our fans loved hearing you and having you on. Um, hopefully you can come back and do this again sometime. Maybe you can crap all over the leaf some more and uh i'll, I'll enjoy that one for sure <laughs> <laughs> i'd love to i'd love to thank you thank you both for having me it's always it's always fun talking hockey with uh with some good people so thank awesome. you thank you so much thanks luca uh that'll do it for us here uh on the battle of ontario podcast podcast uh please follow us on instagram at battle of ontario follow us on twitter at battle of on pod Thank you for the continued support. We are reading your messages. We do read your comments. Uh, we we take your comments and 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 messages and we use it for content in our episode as well. It gets us thinking, gets us talking. This is a community setting. Whether you're a Sens fan, whether you're a Leafs fan, or whether you're a hockey fan. So thanks again for joining us. And as always, go Leafs, go. Go Sens, go baby. Let's go. <laughs>